Welcome to Clock Out, the Vicarious Life Podcast. This is for the mavericks in the world who are on a mission to obtain freedom. What is freedom? We're about to find out. I'm your host, Tracy Miller, a free-spirited entrepreneur who has been chasing freedom her entire life. Beside me is my co-host, Jackie Asel, the anchor who keeps me grounded. Thanks for joining us. Hello and welcome back to the next episode of Clock Out Vicarious Life. I am over the top excited as usual because I say that on every single episode. I'm excited to have some local celebrities here on my show. (laughs) They're already laughing because they're humble. We've got John and Cassie Wick, owners, operators of 5518 Designs as well as Dig City here in Butte. And lastly, the Pintler Portal over in Anaconda. Um, Yeah, these local celebrities are entrepreneurs entrepreneurs. They are, um, Cassie defined herself as a local troublemaker as well. Uh, So yeah, we've got a lot to learn about these guys. They've got a great backstory. They've got good purpose. And I think that everybody would say that they have lives that we live vicariously through. Um, So with that, welcome. Thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, Let's start with the local troublemaker. Why do you say you're a local troublemaker? I love the rebelliousness. Well, I think that finding your voice is probably one of the most important things that you do in your life. And you don't, that doesn't happen organically always, right? Mm. It has to build from somewhere. And when Matt Vincent was the chief executive, he was like, hey, Cassie, I really need you to come to this um, council meeting and speak on this whatever. And so I did, and I don't even remember what it was now. And then whatever I said changed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, if you ask for something, it can be made better. Mm-hmm. And that just kind of started a whole like time in my life where I was like, oh, I don't like this. And I don't <laughs> think it's serving this community to the best of its ability. What can I do to help move it along? And so I've been doing that for, I don't know, the last 10 years. Sure. And they're just little things, but I think the little things matter and the way you feel about the place you live matters. And so if you don't like something, you can say it. And yeah. you can get involved in things and you can, and I think what's nice about living in Butte is you can feel it change. You can feel a difference. And so every little thing that happens, and I think for us opening the store was our <coughs> space in which we could make changes. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of shopping in Uptown Butte. Right. And so when we had done the farmer's market to lead up to, and John will talk about that more, but mm-hmm. what led to 5518 opening was there wasn't shopping in Uptown Butte. And right. so we kind of were like, well, what if we did it? And sure. that kind of, that was just that addition of everything that was like, this place can be made better always by passion that people have. So yeah, that's well, part. And, and six years ago, Butte was a different community, you uh-huh. know? And, and so I think it got to the point where we looked at each other and we're like, ugh, we're, we're just sick of waiting for somebody else to do it. Yeah. Let's just do it. I, I, I think you guys just nailed that on the head there. So, because the first thing you said is it's okay to say that you don't like something, but a lot of people stop there. Exactly. <laughs> and it's, then it's just complaining. Exactly. And I love that you said that because I think that's what I've learned too is like the more I've gotten to know what our local government is or just how things work, mm-hmm. people will come to me and they're like, well, I don't like this. I'm like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? Because yeah. it's a lot for us to expect that our cities can do all the things that need to happen right. in a city they can't. No. And so if you're passionate about it, then see it through. Yeah. Or see it to its next step. Yeah. And everyone has that power within them. Yeah. And I think I just realized it. And once I was like, oh, 
I love good trouble. And it was <laughs> yeah. just like everything felt like an opportunity to show up and just be loud about stuff and passionate yeah. and also learn how to be more diplomatic. So like, sure. you know, we're not going to be good at things right away. We have mm-hmm. all a learning curve that once you start, you know, finding your voice to be an advocate for things, you hone that skill and sure. then you do have power. Yeah, no. And I, th- that's, you know, and one other thing that you, you said on there that I really admire too, is that we look to the government to do all of these things for us. If they did that, they would take away our personal power too, because then they would be having, they they take away your ability to earn an income through a business as well. We don't want that. We want everybody to be able to have their own unique flair on things, their own contributions, and it in turn causes a stronger economy too that I think people don't understand. Um, You guys have started an entire wave of transformation in Uptown Butte. Starting with 5518 Designs, which that opened, what, 10? Six, we're just going to celebrate six years. Oh, my gosh. And six years at, at our store. Um, so I was doing, we kind of started, I started doing graphic design in college when I was finishing up my master's up at Tech. Okay. Um, and, and graphic design and websites and video and print layout and all that sort of, I just like to play with it all. Yeah. Um, and, and so I started doing that in 2012. So, t- you know, like generally wow. in, yeah, t- we're looking at about 10 years, but six years in our, in our retail location. So for those, because the, there are some listeners that aren't from Butte, what is 5518 desi- Design? If you were describing it to a common person and what all does it encompass? Um, I was afraid you were going to ask that. Oh, because no. <laughs> because <laughs> re- right now um, so we've evolved a little bit, so I don't even have a real good elevator pitch to, to <laughs> to tell people uh, what we are. Um, but basically we're a, we're a gift store, um, and an apparel company, um, all locally designed. I do all the design work. We produce as much as possible locally here. Um, and it's basically, um, you know, we try to celebrate, uh, who we are and what we enjoy doing. (laughs) Sorry, uh, we're laughing. My dog is like attacking. Okay, carry on. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, the, the mission behind what, what I design, um, kind of stems from my own passion of, of getting out and being outdoors and adventuring and traveling. And so, I don't think that I'm unique in that where I think I share that with a lot of other people. So a lot right. of the designs that I do are inspired by that. And, and so we try to celebrate and celebrate that, um, sure. that connective tissue that we all kind of yeah. have. Yeah. And that Montana is so known for too. I mean, I feel like that's what people move here for. Um, are mm-hmm. you guys local? Are you guys from the Butte area? No, I'm a Midwest kid. I grew up outside really? of Green Bay. Yeah. They've okay. accepted him as their own little. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah, you would never know the difference. It's my dirty little He's got secret. a little Wisconsin accent if you get him in the Midwest. Get yeah. me, yeah, get an old fashioned in me and <laughs> and put me in the Midwest and I'll snap right back at it. Yeah. Oh jeez. So, oh jeez. Yeah. I grew up in Whitehall. So okay. my grandmother was a small business owner. She owned Borden's Cafe when I was growing up and she she, I, the older I get, the more I'm like, I've got a lot of her qualities. I'm very loud. Um, uh-huh. people can hear me from across the store, but she was always so into having fun. And so I love like thinking about you doing this and how people are living these lives, but how people have been doing it forever sure. and being really like instrumental in communities and making change. And so John <clears throat> came to Montana as a school teacher. 
Really? That was a different life ago, yeah. Oh, my. Okay, so it's on that timeout. So how old are you guys? And I am only asking this not as an insult because you should never ask (laughs) someone's age, but you guys are extremely accomplished, and you're very young. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm 41. 41. 41 and 40. Okay, yeah. No, that's... No, okay, so you were a school teacher. Yeah, I guess you, I'll just, my, yeah, give, my journey give me is probably the easiest way to go Let's about it. it. So grew up um, in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, right on Lake Michigan. I mean, spent my summers outdoors in northern Wisconsin. It's beautiful. Um, I'm the youngest of, of three brothers. Um, you know, grew up in a sports family. Uh-huh. And that kind of got me um, to the University of Northern Iowa. And that's where I uh, got my undergraduate degree in elementary education. Oh. Um they recruited me to play football there, and I was like, oh, I haven't heard of you. Let's check it out. Good education school. Sure. And so that that kind of happened. Um, that actually, being a teacher, that got me out to Montana. I ended up, my first job out of school was being the fifth grade teacher and coaching everything uh-huh. that was available over in Phillipsburg. Wow, okay. Yeah, so I did that for four years, um, met Cassie. But even before that, he did his student teaching in Nikiski, Alaska. And so he was helping oh. with, like, sled dogs and, like, doing. So he didn't grow up in the mountains, but then you know how it is yeah. once you get in the mountains. There's no going back. You can't go back. Well, I mean, I describe Montana just to, like, relate a little bit. Wisconsin, if you draw a horizontal line right, right in the middle across the state, the northern half of the state is gorgeous. The southern half has the cities, like Madison, sure. Milwaukee. Um, both awesome, but, like, you know, I gravitate towards the northern end. Yeah. Montana, it's the same thing, mm-hmm. except it's, it's a vertical line, yeah. and you stay west of that line. Yep, absolutely. So I've I, never I, thought of it that I way. I can relate yeah. to, to a little bit of what we've got out here just, sure. just from where I grew up. Okay, very interesting. Yeah. So then, so you ended up here. You're a school teacher. When does Cassie come into the so mix? So I you better tell a story. Yes, so, I, yeah. so the women always tell the story <laughs> right. way better. Well, <laughs> mine's different. So I grew up in Whitehall, and then I went to school in Bozeman, and I had never left Montana yet, obviously. And so I decided I wanted to do AmeriCorps, and so I applied to several different AmeriCorps positions all kind of opposite of Montana. So I ended up in Florida for one year doing my service year, which was a literacy program. Um, And it was just, the whole experience was just so incredible because I was with like 14 other people in this program and all we did was do our best to make other people's lives a little bit better, you know? And so I was there during a hurricane and we got to do hurricane relief. So it was just all of these beautiful elements, but... Living in Florida is not something that I want for my own life. So I decided I would come back to Montana. And I really didn't anticipate staying when I came back. But as I was driving home, my mom's like, oh, my God. At Georgetown Lake, where we have a place, the neighbor up there, you know, worked at the school with my mom in Whitehall. And she was like, we have a hunk staying at our cabin <laughs> and so my mom is just over the moon and she that's calls why we me. have her tell this story <laughs> okay yeah because you look so much right. better in yeah. this story okay and so <laughs> she's like well I think he's gonna be there when you're back and I'm like oh this feels like a lot of pressure <laughs> and so we did end up meeting um and he, we were both aware of each other from this incident at the school and so um we met just kind of briefly and then I invited him up to the fire at our place and uh, when he came up, it was my entire family, my grandma, oh my, my aunts, gosh. my cousins. <laughs> it was just like, I'm like, welcome. And, you know, he didn't grow up in a family that has all those parts that are super close, like my family. Uh-huh. 
And so he like walked up with like, oh, oh how do I get out of here? <laughs> I think I think they saw me. I can't turn around now. Oh no, exit strategy. <laughs> yeah. And so then it was you know Labor Day, and and he had gone home that night, and so we were leaving the next day because that's what you do, and then you yep. close up for the season. So I'm like, well, I guess I'll go over and say goodbye. <laughs> so I walked over and I'm like, okay, well we're leaving. And he's like, okay, see you next weekend. I go, probably not. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? And then I just <laughs> laughed because I'm like, well, he's obviously not interested. I blew that one. And so um, then a, like a week passed and my mom was like, Mrs. Hansen called. She is asking for your phone number. <laughs> and so. I had to backdoor it. I oh, just, you know. Because uh, she was just so wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I was really funny. And so then he did call and I remember. When he first called, because um, we didn't have like that much alone time at my family <laughs> yeah, campfire. Yeah, there's people everywhere. <laughs> um, he called and he was so nice. And I knew he was nice because his dog had just gotten porcupine quills all over her face. Uh -huh. And he was like, I'm just digging these out. Like so nice. I was like, I would be so angry right now. Um, so then we just, we started dating after that. And we would meet every like Wednesday in Anaconda at the Washoe Theater, we would just go to whatever movie was playing because he was still in Phillipsburg and I was huh. in Butte. Yeah, right in between. And so we did that for a year. We saw a lot of bad movies. A lot of bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. It was so cool. And then um, we were like, well, what are we doing? We can't, we can't keep doing this. And a couple of my friends from the AmeriCorps had taught English in South Korea. And so we decided we would do that. And so we applied oh. and... Um, went to Korea for a year and taught English. Wow. So you guys didn't do the whole, like, let's, let's move in. It's been a while. Let's move in together. Let's just go to another country yeah, and serve others. And, and we had never lived together. And so right. when you move somewhere and then you can't read anything and all of like the social norms are different, it is uncomfortable. Wow. Yeah, we jumped right into it, didn't <laughs> That's we? That's really funny. Oh, boy. That's crazy. And so in no Korean language? I didn't I even mean, know how to say anything like I feel like we were so busy before we left that I got there and it was the whole thing was just <laughs> wild um, and we and were like oh shit they use um they use chopsticks here <laughs> I mean it was the what whole the whole thing was so good it, it's what it's what I always remember now is if you're given an opportunity to be uncomfortable take it right because that's when you grow and that's when you get so much more in touch with who you are yes. and that experience like when i look back on it i mean it was so hard but it was also so profound in the way that i grew as a person and yeah. i'm sure john feels the and same and then way you're about growing that. together cuz you're doing it simultaneously that's pretty and and how old were you guys at this time then so you'd be right out of 20 i think we were 26 20s, yeah. and 27 oh, okay and so we we got there, you know, you fly out, you, you're like, I hope they pick us up at the airport. I don't know a thing about Korea, mm -mm. nothing. Scary. And it sounded, you know, very foreign at that time to do that. And so when we're going, we don't have cell phones. I mean, we have cell phones here, but we don't have like, we're not bringing a cell phone. Yeah, with us. sure. I mean, there was not technology like that. Mm -hmm. So we arrive and it's, you know, a long flight and we get off the plane, we have, you know, our bags for the year, and we're looking around for John's name, 
he finally finds the person. We're like, oh my God, so scary. And the guy doesn't talk to us. We just get in the car with him. I mean, it, it, the whole no thing, the whole thing would feel very wild. Yeah. To, now, I mean, when we think about it, it's just like, whoa, we were just full trust. Yeah. They, they drive us. We're so tired for an hour to the town we're going to be living in. We don't, we can't stay awake. We're so exhausted. They pull up and John always calls it like a back alley drug deal. Yeah, we were the drugs in <laughs> you this were drug the drugs. deal. Yeah, like, what is we going on? We got some on? more people for you. And <laughs> so, volunteer. Yeah, and so they he drops us off and two people, one person meets us, who, who the man who's to be John's co-teacher. Yeah, Mr. Kim was there. And I think one other person mm-hmm. was there, maybe from my school. So we're, we're to teach at two different schools. And so we get there and it's like, okay, this is where you're going to live. This is your bed. Um, You know, take your shoes off when you get in the house. And then it's, um, we'll pick you up at eight tomorrow. I'm like, we don't, not even one day to adjust. We have to go to school. Literally 24 hours. It was, I was like, we have to go to school tomorrow. And he's like, yes, um, I'll pick you up. And Mrs. Lee will pick you up. And I'm like, wow. Ah, okay. (laughs) Here we go. So we get to school, to our schools. And I'm just like, what did we get ourselves into? And so we... Or I emailed John midday because I'm like, are you okay? Where, where are you? Did you make it alive? Yeah, I'm just like, I don't even know where your school is. Like, do you have any idea where you're located? And just the process of that was so amazing and, and, and full of adventure. Oh, my God. I wept that night. <laughs> Remember that? I was just like, we were in bed. I couldn't read anything. They were like, there might be a, a gas station down there that might have coffee in the morning. I was just like, you can't read anything. It doesn't even have like like letters. Their um, alphabet is totally different. So you can't even like sound things. I was just, it was too much. It was just like was, one of the first nights of my life. I just like, it was too, the life was too much. Yeah. And then, But you know how when you're with someone, you're like, okay, I have to be the strong one. I'm like, yeah. you got this. I'm like, we're going to go to that gas station in the morning. Do we have some Korean money? Yeah, how, I, don't I don't even, even know. know. How, how did we pay for coffee? Yeah, I'm just like, okay. And now they're picking us up at eight. Okay. I mean, the whole thing. Oh, so then the chopstick thing, We I get to lunch. I think my school is a bit bigger than John's. It and was, so yeah. I get to lunch and, you know, you like grab your, it's like a tray and you fill it mm-hmm. up with all the things that we don't eat for lunch. You no know, idea I got like eating. little teeny fish and, you know, rice every day. Um, but I sit down and I realize, okay, yeah, no, I forgot about chopsticks. And and while I've used chopsticks in America, I wouldn't call myself proficient at sure. it. And so I go to take my first bite and I'm holding the chopsticks and literally everybody freezes <laughs> and the whole table stares at me. And I'm like, I raise, I'm like, cheers. Cheers. <laughs> yes, no, I'm going to take my first bite. And then I do it successfully and they all clap for me. Oh, and I'm like, how adorable. Thank you for having me. And like, it just, <laughs> and that year was filled with moments like that, mm. where you were just like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm here for it. And like, they'd be talking and like, you know, Korean. And then they'd like, Kashi. And I'm like, my name's not Korean. I know you're talking about me right now. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, just little funny things and like to say hello yeah. in Korean is like annyeonghaseyo. And I'm like when you're overwhelmed and someone tells you that, I'm like that's a mouthful. Can you write that down? <laughs> and then I'm like, how do you say thank you? And she's like, "Kamsamnida." I'm like, "Mm-mm. Mm-mm. This is too hard and I just don't think I'm going to be able to do it." <laughs> yeah, overwhelming. I'm I feel overwhelmed just even hearing that story. Like we're going to Costa Rica here in a couple of weeks and I think about like them speaking another language, but we're going to a tourist area. They're going to accommodate us. You guys are like fully emerged in the trenches where there's no real accommodation. It sounds exactly. like. Well, it's and like now tourist. you can like download something on your phone and yeah, Google translate. translate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I would Skype my mom every morning just to make sure that I was doing okay. I'm like, hi. I think it was afternoon for her. I'm like, I'm still alive. I've eaten way too much rice. I don't like it anymore. You know, like I couldn't eat rice for like a year and a half or two oh, years after that because it was just like every day. Yeah. And so it was just all the little things. But the things we took from that, I mean, I was just like, I, I can stay here one year and that's it. Just because it was so hard. You were teaching youth and um, a sixth grader is a sixth grader anywhere. They were rolling their eyes at us. I mean, just like, and you can't tell them not to do something. And so they do like this big X with their arms there to like, no. Oh. And like, and so I'd be doing no to the children all the time. Trying to get them not to do that. I'm like, stop, you know, but they just didn't listen. So it was really hard work. And then, but the teacher before me was Irish. And so the one teacher was like, Cassie, I I can't understand anything you're saying. Because you're trying to teach this language that yeah. is actually very confusing. Mm-hmm. Uh, English pe- is terrible. Yeah, I it's heard it's one so of the most difficult, difficult yeah. to it learn. It doesn't make sense because it's like, you know, the kids would be like, is it go to the home time yet? And I was like, you're, it should be the home because everything else is the movies. The, <laughs> right. Just all the little things. You're like, oh, yeah, this is so confusing. Yeah. But how lucky are we, though? You know, like it was, we got to not just visit Korea. We lived there. We taught their children. We we used, we earned their money, yeah. you know, like, and we were, we were the only, well, there was a handful of other like Caucasian or foreigners. Yeah. The, right? the so, native speakers. Right. We were, yeah. we were in the vast minority over there. Sure. So that was an experience itself. Yeah. And we were just lucky enough to travel around Asia. If you ever get a Heck chance, yeah. you have to. Oh, yeah, now now we're to. huge fans. Like Asia to, to me is so special and such an oh. incredible destination to visit um, because it's so unique. Yeah. It's so unique in the way that things operate. And yeah, so we loved that year. And I think we learned so much about ourselves, but we also met incredible friends from all over the world um, who were doing the same thing. And just the richness of like that quote that talks about like, you know, I have, my heart is everywhere because I have friends in all these different places. And and I think that really opened my, my worldview opened up so dramatically after that, that I was like, I have to see yeah. All the things. Yeah. Because can, that's totally. where you feel alive is when you get opportunities to be uncomfortable and to see things and to experience mm-hmm. something new, even if it's not out of the country sure. or even out of the state. If you open yourself up to, to trying something new, totally, it's just so powerful. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. I, so AmeriCorps, because Peace Corps is Peace Corps. What is the difference? And so I Peace guess Corps is, is always it? international, I think. And it's, I would say it's a bit more intensive in its nature. Okay. AmeriCorps can look a lot of different ways. So, you know, we have AmeriCorps members that have come that come to Butte that are Energy Corps members. And so it's like you choose something that maybe you're interested in. Sure. And then you can choose anywhere around the United States to do it. And it's a, a, you can do it for one service year or two. And then that, they pay you a stipend to to be there to live sure but then also to pay off maybe your student loans so okay. like there's money that goes towards your student loans for doing that service here interesting and I think my my current job so I also work with John uh-huh. uh, a little bit I did when we opened 5518 designs that was a dual effort mm-hmm. since that time <laughs> you're looking at me like that was a- well I'm just like <laughs> do you think I'm still involved <laughs> <laughs> have I abandoned you I'm like I some jobs but then I always the the girls we have the best employees at the shop they always end up they are really wonderful taking my my jobs and I'm like that's fine I want them to have those jobs but (laughs) (laughs) we're laughing my dog is literally like 
empathizing with these stories. He's moaning and groaning it. along with it. But anyway, sorry for the distraction. No, I just so my job now that I the job that I've been doing for almost 13 years as I work, um, it's called Ability Montana, and so it's a resource and advocacy center for people with disabilities. And so that job for me has defined so many things. But doing AmeriCorps is the thing that I think is so beautiful about the world, right? Is like giving service yeah. for a period of time when you're able to. And in that time, you know, you could have food stamps, right? Because you didn't have very much money. And so I'll never forget going in to the office with my, you know, coworkers or the people that were doing the program with me and trying to apply for a benefit that you really do need in order oh, to be able yeah. to do the thing and realizing that it's so hard to do that. If somebody yeah. doesn't help you apply for things, yeah, you can't even try to get a step ahead in the world because it feels impossible and it right. feels like it feels like you can't get ahead and and like the SNAP program and doing these these programs that exist really do um, offer so much of a stepping stone for people. Sure. But like doing that experience, I was like, there are second language English speakers trying to fill this form out. I just graduated from college and I can't fill it out. Like I, wow. I like I ended up getting like $30 a month the way I filled my form out. And then my friend got like $300 a, a month. We had the wow. same income. So it's like just that disparity and you not understanding an application enough to sure. do it right. That's happening all over. And so when I came back to this area, I was like, I feel really passionate about helping people. Yeah. And so the thing about 5518 that's been so special for us is our capacity for giving back mm -hmm. to our community and to things that we care about is so much greater having that space yes. than it would be if we were just two individual citizens. Absolutely. Yeah, there's something like, um, I, I, I feel like you guys have earned public trust through you know, through the store, you, people know you guys are a face, you guys are down to earth, you guys are constantly involved in doing good things. And there is a, a an identifying anchor, which is 5518. People just know you through that. So yeah, when you ask for something, community leaders, other people listen because you're, you're trusted. So that's, yeah, that's amazing. Where did 5518 come from? Where's the name? The name? From? Yeah. Oh, it's a terrible story. Oh, come <laughs> on. Even um, if it's short. No, I, um, so when I was finishing up grad school, people would, would just ask me to do small projects for them. And, and I got, it got to the point where I was like, wait, man, I guess I should charge them. This is a job. People do this for a living. Yeah. Like it's a thing. Mm -hmm. So I went up to the, to the courthouse to get a business license. Like let's, mm -hmm. let's go legit with this. Sure. Um, so I can charge people and actually pay, you know, con contribute. Yep. Um, and so I thought it was basically like, here's some money, give me a business license. I thought that's what I was getting into. And sure. they gave me an application. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I want a business license. So I took it home. And earlier in the day, I got back from a mountain bike ride. Uh -huh. And I had a GPS unit um, right next to the keyboard oh. on my desk. And it said elevation 5518. So I literally was like, oh, that's, that's good enough. That'll work. <laughs> and then I was like, well, I can't just be numbers. I, I guess I designed thing stuff. So okay. designs. And that's, we can we can change it if we need to in the future, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's that's awesome, and it's cool because you were doing something outdoors, recreational, so it's related. Mm -hmm. I mean, it may not be the most inspirational, 
type of story, well, but it's Apple, relevant. Apple started in a garage in Cupertino, right? So, like, go. this is our Apple story. It's yeah. just an extra bedroom and, and the flats of Butte. So. I think go. we'd be remiss to say we think it's easy for people to remember it, though. Oh, <laughs> do they, they screw it up? the number store I mean, or whatever? It's totally like, fine. Yeah, I'm like, people are like, what is it? You know, it's just confusing. And so yeah. that part, I think... If we were to name it again, maybe we would have thought about it. But, I mean, obviously we love it and we, yeah. we're we attached to it now. Yeah, don't um, change it. But maybe if you're starting a business, yeah, numbers are a that. bit much for people right. to remember. They're Mixing like, I have up. no idea. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And That's we just call it 55, like between us. Right. That's mm-hmm. all we call it because it's too, it's too long. It's 5,518. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so then... What then created or inspired you guys to move on to the next, which I, I believe the Pintler Portal came next before? So the outlet yep. store the outlet within store? Yeah. Pintler so, Portal, yeah. Well, okay. we were around for, what, five years or so, and then I started talking to Steve and Marsha, who are the owners of the Pintler, Pintler's Portal Hostel over there. Okay, and um, we did talk about that on the last podcast, but I don't know that that one came out yet. So just a little backstory. Would you explain what the portal is? So it's a, it's a hostel. Um, so it's kind of like a budget accommodations, um, mm. typically aimed at travelers or, or like low budget sort of. Sure. Uh, well, and I think their biggest their biggest target audience was folks that were doing the CDT. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. So they they had a, basically an empty room. They renovated an entire uh, building in Anaconda. Mm-hmm. Um, and through their their renovations, they ended up with, with this space in the front of their store that didn't really have a use for them. Okay. Um, and so they were looking at some somehow to fill it. And so Steve and Marsha, they, they shop at, at 55 all the time. Um, he came in and St- Steve you've got to meet this guy. His, his energy is just infectious. He just walks right in. Hey, John, <laughs> you ever want to start a store in Anaconda? <laughs> and literally I was like, no, no, no I don't. Uh-uh. I'm doing just fine. <laughs> right. Um, um, but, but it was one of those where like his energy is good. This idea is really neat. And I love to support these people, this idea. It's, it's great to, Anaconda's got a lot of really cool things going yes, on right now too. So I, I started to connect some of those dots where I'm like, I think we could figure something out. Let's, let's go look at the space. Sure. Um, it's smaller. It's, it's quite a bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, so that poses some challenges just from a business perspective where uh, it's almost too small to even staff ourselves. Oh. So that's where we partner with, with Pintler's Portal and the employees there to we basically train them how to use our system. Oh, sure. And um, kind of functions a little bit or, or did function. We've already evolved it once or twice. Um, kind of as a gift store, like oh, yeah. a, a gift shop in a hotel lobby sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, but most recently, we're, we're kind of changing that into more of an outlet store um, okay. idea. So it's going to be, you know, hundreds of... 10 to $12 t-shirts. Um, we've got a whole line of Anaconda specific designs that we sure. carry over there at retail price. But for the most part, it's kind of, it's going to be kind of, uh, I mean, I figure if Patagonia can have an outlet store, right. so can 5518. Why right? not? Absolutely. Yeah. And Anaconda's become kind of, I feel like Peaberg, Phillipsburg is the trendy little tourist trap of a retail shopping and anaconda's kind of following suit with that a little bit it has that same it's kind of that feel yeah and so it's what? so cute in anaconda oh i know it's adorable everything that they're doing their anaconda local development mm-hmm. has done yeah. phenomenal work and just the the folks within the city that are making yeah. changes i mean it's it's really a fun progression that i think we've all got yeah. to witness yeah no well, it's, it's great to be amazing. a part of part of that you know and i mean even in the the little 
pre- uh, presence that we have over there. Sure. But I mean, for our brand of being an outdoor Montana inspired yeah. line of apparel, Anaconda is perfect. It's right on the way to Georgetown. Yeah. I mean, the golf course, the hot springs, skiing, all just skiing. all of yeah. it. Mountain biking. They literally have everything. They have yeah. lake. They have you know everything. So it's a great extension of our brand into yeah. a different community. Um, yeah. So and I feel there. like it gives that, I think, I feel like it gives the community, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's my dog yelling at me again, but I feel like it gives the community um, comfort and trust in like our economy, in our, just in what efforts are being made within this area when you guys expand right. too. Because, you know, obviously you guys wouldn't do what you guys are doing if it wasn't worth investing in right or moving or expanding or whatever so i think that's that's fantastic as well uh what about the digger den the dig digger den. Dig, dig city, city dig supply. city i'm so yeah. sorry dig city supply yes yeah well you should have been around when we were starting to name it oh my gosh that been <laughs> you could have thrown dig den in there <laughs> well maybe that's why maybe i sent you that speaking of bad names that was a fun one to come up with what? When we were sitting in bed that one day, like, what are we going to name this thing? If we open another store, what in the world? I don't even remember any of the options anymore. Oh, good. We don't want to remember <laughs> a lot of them. And, like, if somebody says something and it's, like, a dig, now we just say, ooh, dig city. Ooh, that's oh, a good cute. dig city. <laughs> Very cute. Uh, so, the, so dig city supply kind of evolved out of kind of COVID times. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a lot as much as we could to kind of just make sure 5518 was, was going to survive. Sure. And, and that was, you know, we, we can go into all those challenges. Yeah. yeah. In four or five more episodes. Right. Exactly. Um, but what, when we emerged out of that, I kind of, I looked at some records, um, and, and realized that like our, our tech section, we were lucky enough to have the licensings for tech since we opened 5518. Okay. Um, and it's been a great relationship with Montana Tech and 5518. Okay. Um, so we've always had about 10 to 12 feet of wall space that was dedicated to tech items that mm-hmm. we would design and, and create. And it, it seemed to do better than I anticipated. Mm-hmm. So in like problem solving, how to like, oh, we've got to evolve with the times. It's a different world all of a sudden. One of those solutions was to expand the tech section, but sure. that would have looked funky in the middle of 5518, having a half of a tech store and half yeah. of a Montana. So it just didn't like quite kind of cannibalism vibe. to a degree. Yeah. So I was like, it's still legit. We've got kind of a quasi feasibility study that tells us that the, the people want tech items. Like let's give the people what they want. Yeah. Um, so if we did expand it, like let's spin it off and find a new spot. Yeah, And so it was just this thought that we had that it was a possibility. And I think I was having a beer at the Axe Bar uh-huh. um, on Park Street. And um, Kayla was there. And she, we were just talking about how her, her uh, boutique Mirror Mirror was doing. And she was kind of like figuring out how to, you know, emerge from, yep. from COVID as well. And I said, well, if you ever, if you ever like have an open space mm-hmm. um, or do something else with that particular space – let me know. I've got an idea that might work. Sure. And so that started that conversation where, um, yeah, Dig City started to to kind of like solidify yeah. and um, worked real closely with tech on, hey, this is an idea. Are you guys game for it? Mm-hmm. Worked with um, the archives um, because I, what I was what I wanted to do is like I wanted to answer the question why why is college, like, why is that cool? Why is it trendy, right? And so, like, tech has all of this old traditional, it's it's got the storied history, and, like, vintage college gear is, like, 
it's the it's thing, hot. Huh? Yeah. So I, okay. so I started connecting these these other dots where I'm like, well, let's just create this old vintage, like as if you walk off of modern day Park Street into uh-huh. a 1947 yearbook. So that's kind of it was really fun creating this that space um, and working with like the archives was great. Montana Tech's got so much old, fun, cool, old, weird stuff that we've got hanging all over the wall. It's kind of like a half of a retail, half of a museum, half yeah. of a sports bar. You're not really sure what's for sale in there. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's Which, for sale for the right yeah. price, I suppose. I don't know. I oh. So that's, that was really fun, kind of like creating another experience for shoppers. Yeah, I was just going to say, you, and you further expanded retail in mm-hmm. Uptown Butte. Well, and I think the difference is when we opened 5518, um, you know, we started as a farmer's market, you know, he started as a, as a independent designer and then he made like a hat. And so then from that hat, we started doing the farmer's market. And so every week I think we would add an item to what we were selling at the farmer's market. And I, at that time realized I'm not a good salesman. Cause I'm like, as the summer went on, I'm like, Surely everybody has a shirt and a hat by now. Like, we do not need to sell these people another thing. Like, I was just so paranoid. I'm like, this is, uh, you know, uncomfortable. And so when we decided to make the evolution into the storefront, we didn't know what we were doing. Like, we had no idea. Like, we found the spot, like, lovingly, Fran Doran had the space that 5518 is in now. And it wasn't explicitly for sale. And so she, she let us in on that. And... We redid the floor. We it was a pretty usable space. There's not a lot of that yeah. in, in no, Uptown View. That's, that's hard a, to that's find. That's a big challenge. Yeah, but so we didn't have to dump a lot of money in to get up. And we did it. not. And so I think I, I honestly think we spent ten thousand dollars to to open the store. Okay, Maybe wow. a little bit more, but literally not very much. A lot of sweat equity from your parents. But also, like hmm. that wasn't even. T- I think that was like maybe fifteen to twenty maximum to mm-hmm. with including all the stuff in the store merchandise and, and you everything. can you can tell that's evidenced by the photographs because when I look at it now, I'm like. How embarrassing that we let people come in here. <laughs> oh, I'm like, no, there was nothing. Startup. But it was, no, but we were like, there was nothing for sale. Because now when you look at it, you're like, you can't fit another thing in here. And yeah. so it's, but what I would also say is, it's such beautiful evidence of how strong this community is yes. to support people. Even if they're like, I'm not sure what I'm doing. Because we were not sure what we were doing. We didn't know how to order. We opened right before Christmas. It was just like, we had, we had zero idea, but people didn't go, Oh, great. Another, you know, whatever people stuck with us, people continue to show up with us, people, you know, continue to stay excited. And that has been having that support is the most beautiful experience. And we, we just constantly feel grateful for that because then when, when he could open dig city, when, when he could dream about that, he knew what he was doing. And so doing dig city, I can like, when I look at him in this new store, I'm like, this is bringing him so much joy because it, it gave a different element to what he was doing, but also he could really dream about it without it being like, okay, I guess we can put a shelf here and like yeah. this here. Like right. he really planned it out. And, and, and that whole thing is just, you know, what experience brings. Yeah. Um, and, and the whole, I just think all around, like we are obviously nothing without our community, but mm-hmm. truly have been so grateful to be able to do this. Yeah. Be here for six years give back to the community, be a voice in the community. All those things I just are such a gift to being in this position. Yeah. I think Butte will always support. And I think all communities are like that to a degree, but the size of Butte is allows for the the word to spread, excuse me, a little bit faster of what's going on. But 
I, Butte will get behind anybody that has a cause, a passion, and, and they, they want to do something. And the people, we cheer each other on. We're super excited. But with you guys, it's apparent that you guys aren't doing this for for a job. You, like you said, you're like, oh, I, I, I'm doing this thing. I'm offering this service. I, I guess I should charge for this too. But that was secondary, it sounds like. You guys are doing things for purpose and passion and for the community. And it, naturally, people just are going to support that. And I see I see your guys' names everywhere on all the different fundraisers, on all the different ways to, to give back that way as well. And and like you said, and Butte's proud too. It's You you guys no longer own 5518, by the way. Butte does. You know, Butte's like, oh, yeah, that's our <laughs> store. Which I, that think is, I think that's what we yeah. exactly want. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, obviously, we appreciate you saying that too. We 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 feel that way. We feel like it's the community store and we feel like what we're doing is not self-serving. It really is about doing this stuff. And, and I mean, John had cancer eight years ago. That was a really difficult time for us. Um, and what happened during that time, I think really led to 5518 because when he was sick, people showed up, Mm -hmm. they brought us meals, they came to support us. They gave us money. I mean, any any way that you would need to be supported when you're at your lowest space, yeah. people did that. And if we wouldn't have had that, just emotionally, I don't think we would sure. have gotten into that next year. And so when we opened the store, it really felt like, boy, how do you pay people back for, like, saving you, like, kind of in this yeah. way of, like, just emotionally without that, we wouldn't have made it as easily through, you know, this year of, you know, going through cancer. And we're like, well, we could open a store. <laughs> Well, Do they want a store? <laughs> they keep saying we need retail. Yeah. We need yeah, we need more. Butte needs something in uptown. Yeah. Yeah, and I think those things really come back to the core of it. So when John started designing um like the shirt he's wearing, the simple places design, which is his signature style of design. Uh-huh. You can talk about that if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, one thing I, I wanna just add is that it takes a village. Um Business, business wise, it, I mean, for sure, it's we have to sell more than one shirt to yep. to pay our mortgage and things like that. So it takes a, a village in that sense, but really, it takes a, a village to to just like support you yes. and and to believe in it, and to believe in get yourself, behind yeah. it, and right. yeah. And so we just want to support the community that supports us. It's to us, that's pretty simple. Yeah. yeah, and I think having having been in a space that's vulnerable and scary, that keeps you centered in what matters what matters amen and what matters is your health and the people that you love that's it yeah if you don't have those things nothing nothing else, else matters, matters. no nope. not a thing in the world and so i think we can do this shop from that perspective because we we had that happen you know yeah and so as terrible as it was i think we both recognize the good it brought out too because it's it's life mm-hmm. and it's happening to everyone Yep. And so if we can be that for people, then then we were happy to do that. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so that brings me to the next topic, because you guys as individuals are have created this amazing shop and you, it's given back and really, I mean, I don't know, maybe that's a maybe it's a stretch, but it definitely has contributed strongly to the growth in Uptown Butte. Right. You guys had faith in Uptown Butte before the rest of the world did right before we boomed. I'd say we really kind of boomed in the last two to three years, but you guys were there prior. Now you're involved in main street, uh, the uptown main street master plan board. 
Tell me about that. What is happening for Uptown Butte? What's your involvement? How are you continuing to help grow? So I went to um, a training about walkability about eight years ago. And the gentleman that taught that, or kind of instructed that, was the... (laughs) He lit a fire in me that I didn't know that I had. He talked about the importance of your community and its built environment and why sidewalks matter, why curb extensions matter, why street trees matter, why when someplace feels good, you're healthier because you're more likely to walk there and be outside there. It was all, it's all these elements of, of walkability that make a community great. I also work with people with disabilities, and so because oh, yes. of that – an accessible community, which if you live long enough, you will become disabled. Right. Um, if we build communities that everybody can enjoy, it just looks better. It feels right, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, sorry, you can't come in here. It's really this this bigger vi- vision that is so inclusive of everybody, which is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was doing that, and uh, my pal Todd Hoare also works in disabilities. And so we both were like, okay, well, let, what can we do to try to get walkability on the forefront of people's minds? So we tried to do that little crusade for a while. We would irritate the local, like, commissioners and, you know, all those people because we were like, hi, we have another idea. <laughs> you <laughs> trouble me. I know. And every dare time you ask for disability And every time rights. we do, I'm like, I will do it as well, but it can be better. Like, yeah. everything we do can be better. And in fact, when we went to open the store, um, we found this banner that hangs in the store right now, and it just says, better is possible. Mm-hmm. And better is possible, I think, is just such a, a way to not limit ourselves. It's like, well, we tried that before, and it didn't work. You know, oh, yeah. all that kind of thinking that just that limits you. Because if you want something to be better, it can be. You for can sure. contribute to it. And so this happened for a while. Todd and I did this. I loved it. I took people on um, walk audits around town, and I'm happy to do that still. But it's basically take a walk in your neighborhood. Yeah. And then start looking at it from the perspective of, am I comfortable walking here? Does sure. it feel good walking here? What's missing about this? If I was you know, pushing a stroller, could I get it in all the places I want it to go? Sure. And if the answer is no, then better is possible. Better is right? Oh, yeah, that's beautiful. And so... Then all of a sudden, Shanna Adams, who is incredible. Love her. She's incredible. And she's so smart and she's so driven. She started doing the push for the Uptown Master Plan. And um, I, uh, it's such an interesting thing to be part of it and feel so excited about it, knowing that everything takes a lot longer than you want it to. Sure. But also that there are people that have that just inherently when you talk to them, they're already disappointed because they're like, we've already tried that. It, it didn't work, you know? Oh, yeah. And so it's really learning to, to then to kind of turn that question back on them. It's like, okay, well, what can you do to help? You know, like mm-hmm. I'm just not going to let people tell me it's not going to work anymore because right. if you don't want it to, that's one thing. But if you just don't believe it will, and you think you can contribute, then there's spaces for you to show up. Shanna is such a beautiful example of gathering a group of people together to get passionate about something and then move forward with this plan. So as it stands right now, we still meet like monthly about implementation strategies. They're going to start working on the, the lighting. We have to, you know, spend money to get a lighting plan done. But once a lighting plan can be established, then we can start applying for funding to get actual lights put, you know, around town. We have to do a wayfinding thing. Her and I met today about crosswalks. There's these really cool, like, um, things you can adhere to crosswalks that look like bricks but aren't bricks. Like, there's just all these things that exist in the world that you can do. And so if anyone is interested in, you know, being part of that vision and, like, 
excited about moving stuff forward, that group is open to having new people just be part of that discussion. Or if you're like, I'd like to take this part of the implementation strategy and help work on it. You know, we have, there's so many beautiful ideas in there. Um, And I think what people forget is like all of that stuff costs money, but it's benefit is so great to our community. I mean, it invites more business. It invites people to feel comfortable, want to move here, invest in here. Because the more we get some, you know, good quality stuff uptown, those buildings are saved. They add to the tax base. They want, we're looking at starting a business, business increment district, you know, to help do or improvement district where Mm -hmm. you can, um, you know, get better, more garbage cans, you know, snow shoveling, sure, trees, street trees, all those things that just make a place feel really good. Right. And I think what happens is, I hate when people say this, but people are like, well, we don't want to be Bozeman or Missoula. What I hate about that statement is when you say that, you, you discount that Butte can have nice things. What you can say yeah. instead is there are elements about Bozeman that yeah. I like and Missoula that I like. What, how can we put them here? Yeah. We're never going to be Bozeman and Missoula. No. And so we don't need to worry about that. But what we, what we do when we say we don't want to be those places is we just basically eliminate the conversation that allows us to have future thinking and, and more beautiful items that make this place feel good. Yeah. And we need to lean into those things. So if you go to Bozeman or Missoula or Salt Lake or wherever and you see something you like, yeah. take a picture. Yeah. Bring it back and go, I like these <laughs> things. Can we please do this here? Sure. Because even if it's not fast – I think it's part of the things we can plan. Yeah. I talked to Karen Burns at our last meeting and she talked about this beautiful movement of why we have flowers all around town. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people know that the, story. The street hangings? The street oh, hangings. Please tell them. me. Yeah. I was just like <clears throat> so cool that it started with a group of really passionate citizens that like thought we could use flowers and they would be beautiful. And, um, and so then they got the city, like members of the city to donate. And then they got like the posy patch to huh. plant them all. And so they did this for a couple of years, but it wasn't sustainable, sure. right, to have local citizens paying for these flowers all the time. So they wrote it in to Butte Silverbow's budget because it adds to the quality of life sure, and the, our visual um, way we feel about our town by having them. And so they ev- eventually wrote it into the budget. So now it's guaranteed until someone were to take that out that we have those flowers. Yeah, if that's, we didn't have those flowers hanging around, think about how dreary that all those streets would be. It's that is so interesting. First of all, I didn't know that that's how that came about. I love the flowers. I think the same thing. There's something about walking into like my own house and there being beautiful fresh flowers on life. the table. Life yes, life, yeah. vibrancy, color, change, different colors, whatever. Um, and I agree. I think it definitely brightens up the drear. But how do you combat? Me as a regular citizen, how do I combat the conversation or explain when somebody says, gee, this, this is a true life thing. This happened three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus Christ. There, You see those people out there spending tax dollars watering those damn plants every week, and they can't fix a pothole. Literally, that happened to me three week, weeks ago. And I'm thinking to myself, I love the flowers. They're so pretty. But I didn't have an answer. Yeah. And you don't I, have to because the right. reality is it's not your problem. <laughs> you know, it's just not. And that's what I started to do, right? It's like that kind of energy that you get when people don't like something is I think they want to talk about it. And now I just go, you should contact your commissioner about that then. Because yeah, because your voice can be they, heard. There's exactly. a way. So so because I'm not interested anymore on people complaining just to complain. Because I'm sure. like, if we're not doing anything about it. Do you know that you can report a pothole on the 
Butte Silverbow website. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you can do that. That's a thing. Yeah. If you don't like something, yeah. you can tell somebody. Because yeah. guess what they'll do? They'll fix it. Sure. And it's like, that's those kind of things I think that we get stuck on. And, and it's, it doesn't make sense because it's like, they're, they're two different things, right? It's like, I am an extremely passionate person about snow shoveling. Like I'm headed into my season of passion where I'm like, <laughs> this is great. I have this to like, great. I have this to like manage myself because I'm like, you can do something every winter to, yes. to show a kindness to your community. Mm-hmm. And it is to shovel your own sidewalk. The second kindness you can do is if you Someone are neighbors is. with somebody that's a senior or a person with a disability, mm-hmm. if you can, shovel theirs too. Yeah. The thing about snow is it tells a story, right? If, if a sidewalk's not shoveled, that's very obvious. Yep. And so is it because they're a Montana tech student and they grew up on a ranch and they just don't know about snow shoveling? It could be that. Yep. But it also could be because that person physically cannot do it. Right. And it's like just this little thing that means accessibility to people in the winter. Huge. People that walk dogs, people that walk their kids, all that stuff, right? Yep. It's a lot scarier in the winter to do that stuff, but it wouldn't it's not impossible. Right. If if everybody contributes to that. And I think we've gotten in this weird philosophy that some people are like, well, I'm not gonna shovel my sidewalk till they, you know, plow the road. And I'm like, those are two very different things. (laughs) (laughs) So those are not up for comparison. Right. Because when you don't do your part, right? It adds up. It turns to ice. It's it's just a microcosm of if you want to make the world a better place, you have opportunities yep. all the time. And it starts with your own yard, sidewalk. your own yep. sidewalk, yep. trimming your trees, the little things that if you walk there, and that's why these walk audits are so important, right? Yeah, this this is this is baffling. I, wish, I, just I should I should take you. I, let's take the yeah. real estate group on a walk. <gasps> audit. Yes, it is. It is so eye opening. I would love that. It, it changed my life. Like because truly. we are the voice. We are a voice. Every all, not every. I don't have every client in this town. That sounds arrogant, but, but like <laughs> we as real estate professionals touch all of these people that are buying, that are selling, that are maintaining properties, that are coming to the community and don't understand why stuff doesn't get done or gets done or just all of that stuff. Like, oh, any education we can have and insight we, we share with everybody we talk and to. It, and I can't like, I can't emphasize how important it is. I also teach people how to ride the local bus system just as part I would, of my job. I don't know how to do that. I would also teach don't you. Know I, how to do that. I love the bus. We are so lucky to have such a beautiful bus system, but- People, there's people in the winter, right? That that's mm-hmm. how they get around. Yep. They're the folks that work at the restaurants, at the retail spaces that we, that we all shop at. Mm-hmm. If you have to wait for the bus in a pile of snow in the shoes that you own and your feet get wet and then you have to ride the bus and stand for eight hours, mm-hmm. that's not showing a kindness to the people in our community. And, and I've done that. I went with a woman one day, a double stroller in the winter, couldn't get that freaking stroller up on the sidewalk because nobody had shoveled it. Sure. It was chunky and icy. And then we get on the bus and then we go to get off the bus and there's a pile of snow. So you can't get the stroller out. And I'm like, this is a reality for yeah. her. And unfortunately, I think sometimes it's like, if it's not our own lives, if we don't have experience with that, it's like, I cannot be bothered with that yeah. thing. And so I guess my big request, I just having done this job is just like, if you can do your part, yeah, please do it. Huge. Please do it because its impact is so much greater than just you. Yeah. I mean, I don't like my, I don't especially care for maybe my neighbor across the street. Yeah. But I would shovel their sidewalk, you know? I mean, that's the thing as we get into like a stuck vision. Sure. Open it up. Because it's not just about that one person. It's about so much more. 
Absolutely. That's, that's so huge. I'm <laughs> just funny story. So uh, I see you dog walking all the time because I too am a dog walker. And we just said this, Brandon and I, the first know, because uh, we live right on the walking trail uptown. I said, well, back to the days now of, because I'm stuck in this predicament where I've got too many dogs right now. So I can't fit them all in my truck to go um, out in the mountains. So I'm like leash walking and I leash walk five dogs, right? And I take two trips with my dogs. And I said to my husband, I'm like, well, enter the days of only walking on the trail now because they my, maintain it because they maintain it. And I can't walk my, um, w- when I've got three or four dogs on a leash, if they pull a little bit and there's ice, I'm on my, my butt and I'm falling. So I, and I'm young and healthy and active and I can't walk on this plus just the wet feet and all that so yeah we're and so I I I totally relate to that but then another funny story too is I I feel guilty because I made fun of my husband so much he bought a snowblower and he went out because we we do our sidewalks like religiously for that same reason but not I didn't put as much thought into it as what you just explained I'm very impressed with that with your explanation but anyway so he buys a snowblower and he goes out and he he does our sidewalk and then that's not enough so then of course he does the neighbors and then he does the next neighbors and then he's in the back and he's doing the alley and he's doing (laughs) yeah and I'm making fun of him in it just in a a fun way yeah I mean kind of but that's that's such a I, I shouldn't have been teasing him. I was doing it in lighthearted and in fun because he was just so happy to have the snowblower and he was playing with this toy, right? <laughs> but when I think about that, like my entire, I live on West Caledonia, uptown. It's it's an elderly neighborhood. Like it is nothing for him to just, just do that whole street. He does it in half hour. It's nothing. And just the, um, the impact it has to Huge. allow people walking by, but then also just like someone to get out of their house to get to an appointment, yeah. you know? You don't ask for a disability, right, when you buy a house on the north side of a street uptown. No. Right? You no. just, you're just like, shoot, right? Because there's stairs. Yep. You know, it's not a problem. So it's like all those things add up, right? So if I, I, if I still live there because I'm elderly and I've lived here for f- 60 years, yeah, it's harder. But if, sure. but if a neighbor comes and is like, I swept off these stairs for you, miss. Yep. So that simple. means the world to her. Huge. We So we have a program that we do through my job called Snow Buddies. If anyone would like to volunteer, you oh, can sign oh, up online. <laughs> and we matched 19 folks in need with volunteers last year. And like, <laughs> this is where I have to have a better boundary. I was like shoveling like 15 sidewalks every <laughs> snow. And I'm like, okay, you, <laughs> you can't do that. Yeah. Um, but what it did, we, I had my coworker call all of the folks that were the recipients of the program and just the impact it made on their lives was just really profound. Like, like ways that you can't describe to people that don't experience those barriers. For sure. So I, it it matters. And and it's such a a, a ripple effect because that you're passionate about snow, like snow removal, that's your thing, right? And and in walkability in general, but imagine the impact when, if everybody grabbed a passion that they were, you know, that they're big on. And mine is litter. I hate litter. It drives me crazy. So like, we like to go out and just pick up garbage on my dog walks or whatever. Just take it with you as you go. Leave no trace out in the mountain. Same thing. I will be hiking, biking. If I see anything, I'm stopping, I'm getting off and I'm picking up that garbage. One person, one very small thing. Not getting well, no, but but it matters, right? Because the Mitzi that works um, up at 305 West Mercury, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure what her job is, but I see her picking up garbage like when she's walking to work. And I'm like, I'm like, that's so cool that you do that. And she goes, and this stuck with me. She goes, Well, I was walking one day with my nephew, he was visiting, and I said, I wish someone would pick that up. And the nephew goes, well, why don't you pick it up? Yeah, like that's what he said to her. And she goes, Something just as simple. And she goes, 
oh my God, I got yeah. called out. Wow. Like I, if you hate it enough, then you can fix you it. You are part of the solution. Always. Yeah. I and love I, that. And I think that that. Well, that's the ripple effect. It is. You know, it's like you, you're, you can do something that you're in control of and we can pick up a piece of litter. That's all we can do. Right. And Simple you can be thing. that example for others. Yep. Picking up your dog poo when you're out walking. Please oh my God, do that. Your dog poo. It drives <laughs> the me bag crazy. And, and don't leave the leave bag the on bag the ground. Bag. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> if you're going to do that, just don't pick it up. Yeah, <laughs> just, just let it. It'll disintegrate better than that plastic bag. We'll sit there. You know. Yeah, so. I don't understand that one, It's the little things. It, it really is. Yeah, and then, and is. then I think I have to remember too, it's like, as much as like there might be things that irritate you that aren't happening, then you see the like true like angels of our community yeah. that are doing their part to to help where they can. And it's, then you just like that warm feeling of like, we live among really great people. We do. We do. We have so many incredible people that live here. And even for the ones that, what I think it is, is not even that people are trying not to do something. It's just like, something has to be brought into your awareness. Yes, hugely. Until it's brought into your awareness and why your actions impact others. If we don't know that, we can't do better. And and so it's figuring out the gentle way to message that to somebody that you know has no idea um, so that they can at least be given the opportunity to try, right? Because yeah. immediately we get mad at people and they're like, why are they doing that? It's like, they might not they know. They don't know. Mm-hmm. No, they I, might not know why that matters. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I was a country kid. So when you said like the Montana Tech student that maybe doesn't know, like when I moved to Butte, I was like a feral animal living in a community I'm like what like I, I, it, you just don't understand some of those things and obviously I, I understood better than that but yeah same thing like understanding picking up your dog poo understand because like I'm a wild animal out here in the middle of the country you don't pick up dog poo it's you know whatever the same with shoveling sidewalks I didn't understand that value but you know you learn over time so and I, I mean gosh I, it could start with as simple as parents teaching their kids you know I think that's where I think it is is if we can get into the schools and that was the same with like the uptown master plan it's like if we get kiddos to be passionate about cross like crosswalk safety yeah and why it matters to have curb extensions and like really visible crosswalks and all those things if we can get them to understand and then say hey I really want you to walk me to school now because I know what it looks like to have a safe school and I want to advocate for that like if we got that conversation going like more kids would be demanding to walk to school, right? Because walking to school is the best thing you can do, right? Yeah. It gives you autonomy. It gives you a fresh start in the morning where your senses right. are being just firing off. There's so much benefit to being outside. Social. And so that that is what the Uptown Master Plan is for. It's it's about our outdoor built environment. Mm. How do you, you have a healthier community if people feel safer. For sure. Walking in it. Well, those students grow up to be, to be people who walk around an uptown yep. area and, and shop in multiple stores because they're just walking around and yep. checking things out and they feel safe and they, they're spending their money. Sure. So there's, a, again, ripple effects mm-hmm. that, that start with yeah. something like an uptown master plan. It would be really cool to get the kids themselves, to get the youth involved in the master plan too, to have like that pride in building, like what do you want your community to look like and have them Totally. Pitching ideas and pushing and right. No, and and I and that's why I was like, I, we don't have children, John and I, and so you know I can only get so passionate about a, a specific school because I'm like I don't have anyone that goes to school here. They're right. definitely not listening to me. But I did a walk audit around Hillcrest School, and we talked about you know curb painted curb extensions because you can have curb extensions that are just paint mm-hmm. that then narrow what is the turning radius, which creates more visibility. Mm-hmm. And it was like if we could have all the 
kiddos, like each grade, design a corner and then go yeah. out and paint it. Fun. How much more invested are they in that Super. school district? And awareness yeah, and understanding of, of why they're And it would look it. cool. It looks and so it would look cool. so cool. Yeah. And a so little I, art in our I think we could do that. So if you're a parent and you want to do that mm-hmm. at your school, it's going to take a group of us, but yep. I don't see a reason why we can't do it. And my other favorite thing is like, how do I make your no a yes? You know, <laughs> because it's like, if you tell me no, I'm going to need to know why. And instead of me asking why, I'm just going to have to have you tell me what, what will change that yeah. answer. Sure. Yeah. Problem solving. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. That master plan is cool. Um, I haven't dove into it too much as much as Cass has, but um, to me, it's just basically, it's like a manifestation of all of our hopes and dreams that we would, we would hope for, for the uptown area. Yeah. When we were talking about where to locate 5518, I I really honestly think we got out a map and like drew a circle right around like the park and main intersection, like the heart of our uptown area. And we said, well, we don't want to be anywhere else. That's where the, the, the hub of our city is. It's our culture. It's our personality. It's, it's, we want, we want businesses there. And if we're going to open a business, we want to do it in that place so that we can contribute to, to the personality and the culture and the vibrancy yeah. of this town. Yeah. And look at it now. It's just it's crazy. so exciting. Yeah. And I think just kind of back to your other thing about what do you say to people when they are whatever? Yeah. For a while I felt like I had to defend decisions that made this place better. And now if somebody doesn't like it, I'm like, that's okay. You don't like bike lanes. You don't have to. I like them. Yeah. So I'm going to keep advocating for them. Yeah. And instead of having that conversation that maybe someone shows up, not maybe wanting to understand, you don't have to lend your energy to that. But instead when someone's like, I'm curious about this, Sure. You know, and there's, they show a genuine interest or curiosity. Then you can lean in with somebody and just say, this is why I care about it. Right. You know, cause I've ridden my bike down main street <laughs> <laughs> and I've ridden it up it, you know, yeah. it's just, it, it, there's so many little things that happen. And I think we're all given such an opportunity to educate one another and just be a force for good. Mm-hmm. Um, that when you feel yourself and I, I'm guilty as everyone, when you feel yourself reacting to yeah. something, that's your time to get out. You know, it's just like, ooh, I'm not ready for this conversation. Because when we do that, when we react, when we're trying to create change, I think we stop a conversation in its tracks. Sure. Instead of being able to draw back and say, these are the reasons that I care about it. If they're not the same reasons that work for you, that's okay. Yeah, because we both have a voice. Yeah. And we both can put it where. Look alive if you want to. Yeah, yeah, look alive. (laughs) And I, I think that anybody advocating for anything is more powerful than I mean, even if it's opposing forces, bike lanes, no bike lanes, like having people advocate and have passion and understanding and pushing for it is better than just sitting back and. Yeah. And figuring (laughs) out how to then also live in a space with differing points of view, you know, how do you disagree about something and then still be kind and, you know, humane to people and and we're all given opportunities daily to practice these things so if you <laughs> failed one so day you just get try again just like and and i think there's nothing more beautiful than calling yourself out you're like that was not my best self sorry about that <laughs> i got a little little witchy there yeah. sorry i didn't eat very much i'm going to do better tomorrow <laughs> do you think that's changed over the the last like 6 years since we've had the business like the the openness to change or ideas and things like that. I think people do. Sorry, I'm stealing the no, MC job. No, please do. No, do it. That's <laughs> okay. great. Okay, this I is just, conversation. I just think it's um, people do better if there's something tangible to learn, right? So I think when we sh- when we opened the store and it was like, oh, people will walk two blocks to go to the store if there's not parking in front. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean. 
we know that, right? right? You're capable of walking places if you are. And if you're not, then save those spots up front for someone that isn't, right? right. So once we opened the store, people were like, oh, there's no parking up there, da 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 that has not been a problem, right? Mm-hmm. And so when people try to have that conversation with me, I'm like, I'm not interested in this conversation because parking is not our biggest priority, right? right. Because you can park in one place in Uptown Butte and get into so many different locations. I mean, I wish we had a parking problem because that would mean there would be so many more people uptown yeah. shopping, eating, drinking, doing their thing. I wish yeah. we had more of a problem. The, the, I think that the, the issue coming back to the walkability is we – we put such emphasis on automobiles mm-hmm. over the last, you know, 50 years yep. that people don't even think about the fact that they don't have to drive yeah. one block to the next de- destination, that they truly, it's better yeah. for their overall health if they walk it, walk back. Because yep. when you're walking, you notice things and you feel things and you see things you didn't see when you were totally. flying by in your car. And so I think from the shop, people started seeing that uptown you know, and especially in those locations, like when Headframe opened, I think that was an eye opener, right? Like little bits of different things opened. Um, Pita Pit, Taco Del Sol, when that opened, I mean, everyone's eyes start opening to Uptown Butte. And so sure. then I feel like our street was sort of deserted sort of when we opened. It was like us that. and the M&M, well, and, generally. Yeah, and so it was like everyone went to the M&M. So that was a good, that was yeah. a good anchor spot good to anchor. have. Um, but just that there was, there was more openness to the fact that you could, do stuff in a space that's really meant for walking and not yeah. for it's not for sub- driving and parking in every location you're going to right yeah and it's just that's our that has been historically our culture is driving everywhere here right. and I'm guilty like I said ranch kid when I came to town you drove to town and then you drove places and I have done that in uptown Butte mindlessly, mindlessly I've yeah, jumped in my car and I'm like wait I'm only going a block what am I doing and then I stop I'm like I'll just walk there but another thing that factors into that too is like you said the, the cold, wet feet with all the slushy, which that area now is doing a lot. Much better. Um, mm-hmm. A lot better. There's improvement. There's yeah, there's more room for improvement. But like you said, one thing at a time, just get it going, get the people up there. The more people, the more times that, you know, business owners are going to think about, oh, I better get my sh- And more business shovel. to fill the spaces to, fill it. to so shovel Vacant. Up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, totally. I think there's a lot of good examples, you know, like we hope to be in a, a good example of a viable business that's uptown in, totally. in our uptown businesses. So there's more and more of those happening yep. and there's more and more people who are exam- like like shoveling their sidewalks mm-hmm. and and being that example and then and that just kind of changes habits slowly yep. over time. Yep. But habit changing isn't fast. Nope, it does. Yeah, it's we're in for the marathon. It's not <laughs> going to be a, spl- a a sprint, right? That's <laughs> what you're here for so um this has been super eye-opening I did not expect to go because I I didn't know Cassie I didn't know a lot about you and I didn't know that you were such a is is a humanitarian the right word I mean volunteer yeah. uh career volunteer ist yeah. <laughs> I mean that's why I, really I mean that's that's why I think I just started calling myself like I love good trouble because yeah I think maker. it's I think it's a thing to believe in right it's like if you see, and when you have the energy to yeah. do it, I started recognizing too that I was really involved in a lot of stuff. And then, then I was like, okay, you're tired now. So then yep. I took a step back from things and then I can feel my fire like mm-hmm. come up again. And I'm like, okay, I'll be working on this right now. Yeah. You know? So yeah. Oh yeah. I got, yeah. I got lots of things. <laughs> yeah. That's no, that's fascinating. I had no idea, which is why I bring you on my podcast. So I can learn about you because if I, you know, people, I, I feel like you guys are local celebrities that are known for your retail, but like now, if anybody listens to this, they get to see so much more the behind the scenes of what you guys all do for the community. And 
I, I don't mean this in an insulting way, but you're not special. You, you guys are normal right. everyday people and normal everyday people are making major changes and are contributing. So everybody can be just like you. You guys aren't celebrities that are untouchable. You guys are normal people. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well that's, it's, it's kudos to you because, because yeah. these are the, st- are the stories that need to be told. 100%. So, I mean, thank yeah. you for bringing us oh, on Oh yeah, here. my pleasure. We'd, we'd love to talk more. Um, yeah. <laughs> And we'll, we'll expect a phone call next Yeah, week. we'll do another. Yeah, you guys just keep on doing what you're this doing. This is a great medium to, to get those stories out and get this messaging out uh, that that people can just do these things. And it's not difficult to be a good neighbor. It's Better really not. Yeah, and, if you, and that's why I think we love this shop, too, is it became a, an actual place you could go to mm-hmm. if you wanted to have these conversations. So be it, mm-hmm. you know, rock climbing or mountain biking or something outdoors, it also is a space where... John is for sure, but, but, but we are available to be contacted to say, Hey, I was thinking about this. Can you talk to me about that? Because that's the other thing is, is if you care about something, Mm -hmm. you can make it better. And Butte's a really cool place to be able to do that because when you do something and you make it better, you can feel that. Sure. John worked really hard on the arch that's up at Montana tech. That was his design and he wrote a grant for it and he's on the Parks and Trails Foundation board. Interesting. And so that that was something he, you know, our, we can, we're similarly, we're very close to Montana Tech. We could ride our bikes up there, but then he was like, how would anybody know where to go? It was one of those awareness things where I ride back there all the time. Sure. And, and I popped out right on Park Street, yeah. right at the end of Park Street, and I was like, God, I don't think anybody... Anybody I didn't know anything about no. this entire trail system back here. You're talking. You're talking about the bike park. Yeah, yeah. yeah I and was that, that avid arch. mountain biker. Had no clue. I think Warren Smith, a chiropractor, big mountain biker in town. He was like, yeah, yeah, because I was asking about learning certain techniques, and he's like, oh, it's go up to the bike park. I'm like, bike yeah, park? Where is it? What? Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? And then you get up there, and again, then you, I'm up there. I'm like, am I in the right place? Yeah. Where am I? And you're right. Then you guys added that. You, instrumental in adding that um, and now it's very visible and it's obvious and you don't have to be told about it you can be driving and be like oh what is this yeah and it interests great you great example of like tech tech jumped on board um i, I am a, a board member of the butte parks and trails foundation mm-hmm. so so we wrote a sarda grant and got some money through the city to to create that hostile built it and and so everything just kind of came into it came kind of together um, and now there's there's cars parked there every time All I'm the up time. there, and that's the so time. great because we need people to be there. We need people to yeah care you don't about that use space. The, the trail it gets overgrown, and well, so yeah, yeah, use is good. Yeah, and quality of life. Yes. All of it comes back to quality of life, right? Yep. I mean, what are we doing here, right? right? If we're not having a little bit of fun or breathing some fresh air, you know, it doesn't yeah. feel it feels daunting. And so, seeing a need and showing up for it. You can make that thing whatever you want to. Yeah. I remember talking I mean, to a lot of people being like, oh, yeah, I guess that, why didn't I think of that? Right. It's so <laughs> simple. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we're Let's in our community this. and we're kind of immersed in it and it becomes the norm. We stop seeing yeah. things. And mm-hmm. then, but if you come in with a fresh face or a fresh eyes, I do that a lot when I'm touring people around for real estate and they're asking me, bringing awareness to things that they notice. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm crazy? looking, I'm like, I didn't even realize that was there or I didn't notice or, oh, I didn't realize it was so hard to see, whatever it may be. So fresh eyes 
to see through too. But yeah, it's, it's awareness. It's, um, I'm going to have to grab your attention after, after we're going to wrap this podcast up because <laughs> we're, we could go for six more hours, I think. Um, but after I'm going to ask you about this park space behind here, cause that's what my brokerage has been wondering what we could do with this open space behind. There's a little trail that runs through it. There sure is. Yeah. It could be better. I, I agree. <laughs> I completely agree. Love it. Uh, but you guys are amazing. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to come meet me. I've learned a ton about you and I hope that sharing this other can learn about you too, but then also learn what they have available to them. It sounds like you're a great in-between of somebody that they can communicate with if they want to know how they can make change in the community too. Because it is scary rolling into like a commissioner's meeting. I'm like, whoa, there's an agenda. There's an official way that you speak into the mic. There's like this. I still scary. don't know how to do that, no, to be no, honesty, no. but I, pe- I speak at it all the time. And, and I'm still up, like, I don't know. They sit up high and look down and on you. It's and just it's terrifying. Just yeah, but maybe a, a nice liaison like you I would to like say, to how be, do we do this? Yeah, if someone wants to get geeked about something, um, <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> Perfect. Um, where else can we find you guys? I'm going to put it in the description on the podcast too, but where else can we find you guys? Are you guys online? Are you guys... Yeah, 5518 has all the socials. So Facebook, Instagram, we're even dabbling in TikTok when we Mm. have a free minute, Mm -hmm. Um, as well as uh, Dig City Supply has its own because we've kind of separated our brands into two separate pieces. So that's a Facebook, Instagram as well. Perfect. Cassie, anything you want to share? I don't find so. Yeah, I mean, if anyone wanted to find me, I work at Ability Montana Uh um, here in Butte. And I think... um, my job is so open to allow me to be an advocate for things. And so I would really invite people, if you want to talk about something that you think sure. would make this community better and more accessible, please call me. Absolutely. Well, that sounds fabulous. Thank you guys again. Yeah, and so thank you. we're going to clock fun. out.